Hello, peace be with you all. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, welcome. It's November the 17th, right around 6.30 p.m. And my name is Jerome Carr. I'm the host of the new podcast called Critical Mass. This podcast discusses the direction of U.S. policy under the Trump administration as well as previous administrations. And it also discusses the global effects of current U.S. policy, looking at the effects both within our borders, the domestic area, as well as without the foreign arena. We will be looking at these policies as well as other internal disruptions of domestic affairs in the United States, such as mass shootings, the abortion issue, uh, the black the you know the African American issues regarding the, the police and uh, their political representation in front of Congress and the and in the greater U.S. Um, we want to look at these issues and how these out of control failed policies have put America on a collision course, both within its own borders and abroad, with our neighbors, our uh, allies, our friends, as well as and unfortunately our enemies. Let us begin. Okay, so the name of, of this segment tonight is Tent City versus Trump's Great Economy. Alright, everybody, golf clap. Yay! Yay! Okay, so, Tent City. There's a new phenomenon across the United States, and that phenomenon is the the rising or the, the creation of tent cities throughout the majority of United States urban cities, okay? So once again, throughout every single large city and, and even the smaller cities, so we can almost say throughout every city, but I don't want to go that far because it actually is a phenomenon that's kind of focused in the, the larger urban areas, okay? So the smaller urban areas are, are less affected by this issue, okay? And what is the issue? The issue is that there are so many homeless people that cities have been forced to allow people to set up tents in order to avoid simply sleeping on the sidewalk in masses. And the outcome in result is people are dying, people are suffering, people are, 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 are living with chronic malnutrition, uh, chronic disease, chronic fatigue, and other problems totally outside the, the America's uh, medical and social services. So they're living outside, they're living on the fringe of society, and this is something that must be addressed. So this is the issue of tent city. Tent city is a problem for every single American. If you can look on the news and see a tent city in another city and think that that's not your problem or that you're not contributing to it, either for the good or for the worse, well, you are really a deluded person, and I don't even know how you found your way to this segment, because this is about looking at policy and finding effective solutions. And so far, uh, we haven't found any. Let's begin. It's the year 2020, almost, and life is great in America, right? Life is wonderful. It is awesome. Great to be an American. I am proud, and everyone loves being American, right? But if you go downtown to the Skid Row in your in your city, and ask around, ask the people, say, how does how does it feel to be an American today? 
Just ask them just like that and watch what they say. Now, of course, you're not going to do that. And I challenge somebody to do it and to bring forth the footage so that we can see what, what Americans think. How does it feel to be an American today? To a man sleeping on the sidewalk, it feels cold. It feels painful. It feels lonely. It feels depressing. It feels hopeless. And I can go on and on and on. But let us stay focused so that we can actually cover ground. There's no point in just complaining about the problem. We, we want to also come find some solutions, okay? So we're not going to just wind the wheel, <laughs> cheese and wine, cheese and wine, okay? We're also going to um, take some steps and, and look at some serious ways that we can improve our, our world. Okay, so never before. So paint this picture. I'm painting a picture for you. And the picture, picture is this. It's 2020 in America and life is great. Never before has America had a greater economic stability or growth to the point where the president of this country brags outwardly that it's so great to be an American because he is our president, Donald Trump himself. And it's because of him that our economies are the way they are. And the fact that there are 10 cities popping up all over, the fact that there are so many um, unfed, unhoused, unemployed people walking in the streets visibly seems to not be important because all that matters to him are the numbers, the statistics. And you can simply take a really quick look on Google or Wikipedia or whatever source you, you need to find whether or not his numbers are accurate, meaning whether or not he has something to brag about. Is it true that our great economy is all thanks to Donald Trump? That is the question. Never before have we had our economic and geopolitical adversaries such as Russia and China against the ropes the way we've had them recently, with financial and economic sanctions essentially bending them to our will. Nothing escapes us. Not. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. That, that is just, but 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 let, let's you know this. But this is the picture that he paints. That our adversaries are on the ropes, and we are bending them to our will, and they are do, gonna do what we tell them to do. And I'm just sorry to let you American people know this, especially you white people that live way, way, way up in the ivory towers. But that's just not accurate. Not truthful. It's not the way the world is. The world is at war. If <laughs> you didn't notice. So you were planning on taking that trip to Europe, you might want to think twice about it. These things are simply not factual. And that Trump is the is the person that we should be thanking for the, for the greatness of our American economy, for this economic boom, is also a misleading at best. Let's take, for example, without using complex equations, the president's top claim that the economy is great, flooded with jobs, and more people have been recently enriched due to, due to these jobs, which came about from the election and, and, and the governing of Mr. Donald Trump himself. Sounds great, right? Right. But is it true? And if it is true, why aren't Americans happy about it? Why aren't people just for joy. I mean, don't we want to solve the problems? Didn't we just not get through electing hope and change for two, uh, two session, two, two uh, presidential terms? Who went from hope and change to make America great again? 
Well, let me tell you something. America has always been great. There's no need to make it greater. What we need to do is help the people in the country because the country is made up of the people that live in it. And if we allow the people that live in it to be mistreated, to be misused, and to be abused, and to be ignored, and to be, and to be uh, a sidelined, then we don't have a country anymore, no. We have a system that services the rich. We have a plutocracy. We have a kleptocracy. We have a neptocracy. <laughs> Anyocracy you could think we got, but we don't have a democracy. Let's take the top two claims, okay? Let's just start with the top two claims of Donald Trump supporters because these people are very difficult to work with because they often don't work with rational numbers. And so I did them a favor. I did a little bit of research and I dug out some numbers that could help the Donald Trump argument, okay? So you have Tent City versus Donald Trump. Tent City, evidence that the economic um, growth that is such such a great thing to be bragged about is not helpful and is not extending into the depths of the American society, the American people. It's not reaching the hands of those who need it the most. It's focused and centered and left in the hands of the top earning 0.001%, not even the 1%. Okay, but we're going to just put the two questions up there real quick. Number one, what is the state of the economy? Right? So, if people are saying Trump did a great job and the economy is great, let's just ask the first question, you know, what is the state of our economy? So, if you Google it, Google, I think, would be as good as a place to start as any, you know? It's just supposed to be an assortment of facts without any political, you know, uh, political sway or whatnot. We're supposed to be able to look at it as objective information such as Wikipedia and things like this. Now, I know there's a lot of you that disagree. This is why we have lawyers and institutions <laughs> and colleges universities and, you know, greater schools of places of study and learning so that they can verify these facts in the future. But at the moment, we're just gonna, we're just gonna take the basic answers that we get, okay? So let's just look at Google real quick. Run it through there. Comes back with one billion, you know, answers and responses. And we're just gonna take the top one or two, okay? All right. So I ran it through Google search and got the usual sum of graphs and statistics and other contemporary sources for economic data. Okay. So according to these statistics that were generated by Google, that is a non-biparty, you know, non-bipartisan group, non-political, apolitical. Regarding the economy of the United States, the state of the economy is as such. The gross domestic product is $21.439 trillion, okay? Which places us in the ranking amongst countries of the highest gross GDP, places us in the first ranking, that's according to Wikipedia, and if not the first, then the second, with China being the top second contender. Golf clap, everybody. Yay! Go USA! 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 Okay, that's according to Wikipedia. Now, maybe someone wants to argue and say that's false and that it's just some kind of, you know, CIA programming that lies to us or whatever. Hey, I grant you all your argument. But for the moment, 
let's just try to complete a line of thought. And the line of thought goes something like this. President Trump is deciding that he should take total credit for the betterment of our, for the current status of our economy. And to understand what kind of credit he's taking, we have to look at what he's claiming. So he's claiming that we're number one because he put us in that position and because he has made all the decisions to create this condition, all right? And we know this to be absolutely and factually false. But let us continue. Our economic growth has grown at a rate of 2.0% for this and for the second for the second quarter of this year and 1.6% for the first quarter. All right. Let me correct that. It's 1.6% from 2016 and it's 2.0% for 2019. All right. 2.9% for 2018 and so on. So the first answers to the questions that were posed regarding the status of the economy in general, as well as under the Trump administration, can be answered as follows. It is true. It is true. Let's give credit where credit is due. That the current state of the economy under the Donald Trump administration are at record highs in terms of gross domestic product and unemployment according to financial statistics that we find based on the internet and uh, at various news outlets, including particularly the indicators that we're looking at are gross domestic product, unemployment, and the overall economic growth in terms of dollars. It's highly doubtful that these statistics are historically high, not because of a great political and philosophical strategy, you know, to oppose, you know, uh, uh, communism, you know, Donald Trump has this great strategy that he applied. That's just not true. He didn't. In fact, he simply continued to apply the, the strategies of the former president who applied the strategies of that former president. And the application of these strategies is basically the way that the U.S. has governed the global, the global economy for the last hundred years. So not much has changed. But due to a thousand other unrelated factors that that align, which which align like the stars and the moon above, created these trends, you know? A thousand unrelated factors align to create these trends. In other words, Donald Trump is simply taking credit for the work of others. That's right. Last I look, he wasn't in the mining industry. Last I look, he wasn't making airplanes. In fact, last I look, he was referred to as a hotelier, a person who rents and owns and sells hotels. All right, so he's part of that 80% of our service sector. Now, it is true that the current state of the economy under Donald Trump are, are at record highs. So that actually is true. What's not true is that it's not because of something he did. It's highly doubtful that these statistics are historically high, not because of any great political and philosophical strategy, but due to other things, unrelated factors, and I had to stress this. In addition, there are some other economic indicators that would suggest that after the historic crash of 2008, more than a decade later, we have created another bubble. 
In other words, we are currently, we are getting ready to see another crash. And you know what? The last crashes were predicted and it came true. They predicted there would be a tech bubble crash in the early 2000s, and they predicted that there was going to be a housing crash that came about in around the year 2008, and that turned into a banking crash, okay? And so, um, it's it's believed that due to the, a lot of world events, particularly having to do with China and our economy, um, and our, our, uh, our currency, that we're about to see another bubble, and the bubble is the dollar. It's the dollar bubble. All right, so, for instance, okay, there's some other indicators, you know, that we need to be concerned about. For instance, what happened to paying off the national debt? You know, that used to be a big deal. President Clinton ran on it. Reagan ran on it. They all mentioned it. None of them did it. You know, none of them paid off all the debt. Clinton probably came the closest. And, uh, so, but, but since this guy's got an office, there's no discussion for paying off the debt. They can't have a constructive discussion because there's no cooperation amongst the, these, the groups, uh, the Republicans, the Democrats, and the president. There's no cooperation. Therefore, they haven't produced any meaningful legislation that we can say actually boosted our economy. And by the way, are the Chinese still paying for our Medicare? What? <laughs> clap, golf clap. <laughs> what happened to that? The Chinese paying for our Medicare and our Social Security and all that. Why would we tax the hell out of them and make them our enemies? If it's true that they are actually the holders of such great debt. Well, actually, the fact is they're only a holders of 13% of our debt. And the majority of the debt is actually held by internal companies incorporated, incorporated here in the United States. We own our own debt. It's owned by private banking institutions and private individuals. So, how about that for you? Smoke, put that in your pipe and smoke it for a minute, all right? And tell me how it comes back. Who benefited from, who's benefiting from this record growth in numbers, this record gross domestic product? That if you go downtown LA and ask a person, hey, do you know what GDP is? It's gonna think, yeah, GDP, it's, it's that rap group, remember? GDP, GDP, no. It's not a rap group. It's gross domestic product. The amount of, of uh, the amount of, of products that your country produces and exports and sells within a year, all right? And, and this is just basic, one of the ways that they, that they uh, gauge or, or, or determine, you know, create ranking amongst, amongst uh, countries in, in the world. It's how they get their economic ranking. Who's, who's exporting the most, selling the most, and who's buying the most. And by the way, okay, so the people benefiting from these record numbers are the 0.001%, all right? Certainly not the people living in the many, many inner city housing projects throughout the, Ameri the American territories. And whose incomes rose, by the way? Did your income go up? Did your income go up? No. Well, you know why? Because we don't have jobs. <laughs> See, we, many of us, if you happen to be listening to this, you're probably one of the uh, group that doesn't have a job. And, ha and maybe you've even stopped looking for jobs. Accessibility to jobs is dependent upon levels of education that many of us have not completed or simply don't have. Levels of 
um, financial stability. No one's going to hire a person that they think is sleeping in the street. They're not going to hire homeless people to do certain kinds of jobs. Also, people who have felonies and misdemeanors are automatically crossed out of the system. And this is a huge group of working people. So their incomes didn't go up. I'm trying to figure out whose incomes did go up. And in fact, the people whose incomes went up make generally over $100,000 to a year to a million dollars. So if you don't make $100,000 a year, you didn't benefit from the taxes, tax cuts, you didn't benefit from an income increase, and you didn't benefit from uh, advancing in your job. You benefit from none of that, especially if you're unemployed. So, most people earning the hourly rate say very little in terms um, say they made very little in terms of increased overall income. So the country may have gotten richer, but the people in it have gotten poor and have remained so. And by the way, what about all those inner city urban sprawling tent cities popping up all over America? Those people living in those places. What, what about all them? I mean, where's the meaningful legislation for solving that? Rather than making jokes and, 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 and sarcastic remarks that were made by Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson was, was called before, before Congress and instead of answering politely, intelligently, creating intelligent dialogue, resolving things, bringing answers. He made jokes about Oreo cookies because he's married to a white woman and the woman he was talking to was a white woman. And so he was kind of like hinting like, you know, you know uh, Oreo white cream in the middle. Basically, it was kind of a sick joke that he made in public to a woman. And nobody said anything about it. You know, nobody took her side. Nobody uh, castigated him or chastised him for making racial slash uh, 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 sexual slash derogatory comments. And this is the way that, and they say because he was playing to an audience of one, which is Donald Trump, who congratulated him for doing a great job and has left him in his job. Uh, he's been very unsuccessful with helping to modernize projects all over the United States. All over the United States. Um, projects remain un, uh, unremodeled, unchanged, dilapidated, uh, unlivable, in fact. And Dr. Ben Carson, who actually ran for president, thank God he didn't make it. Dr. Ben Carson, who was a student of dialogue to maybe talk about giving some money to these organizations that build these projects. Dr. Ben Carson needs to be fired. That's the status of Dr. Ben Carson. But because he's one of the upper earning, he's one of that 0.0001%. And so this is why he keeps his job, because he, he caters to that group and that group alone. Okay, so who would agree that the economy is great? Not too many people. And this brings us to a brilliant to the to 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 look at a, some a strategy that's used by Donald Trump. A brilliant strategy that he uses to program people. He can't convince you with the numbers. He knows if he shows you actual factual statistics about the great economy that you will realize you're not taking part in it. Your welfare check didn't go up. 
your food stamps didn't go up. Your uh, taxes didn't go up. I mean, in terms of your tax return didn't go up. Your medical bills didn't go down. Your rent didn't go down, you know. So, you, if, if you or any of what I just mentioned, you have no business voting for Trump or supporting Trump. And what he uses against the average person, particularly the person that hasn't even went to college or, you know, hasn't succeeded and is angry because they feel like an immigrant took their job, you know, what's he, he uses that. He uses the imagery of black people being poor in the inner cities, sucking up the welfare and Mexicans and immigrants coming from the outer border areas and coming to the heart of the United States and taking everybody's jobs. This is the, 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 the imagery that he uses. The immigrants are coming for your job. That's what he said, the message he sends. The poor are taking resources from the working class. Our neighbors with whom we share border are our enemies, according to him. And unless they are white, according to him, they must be kept out. Including Muslims, Mexicans, and guess what? Even the Canadians. <laughs> golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. Imagine that. Canadians, white people, speaking. You know what Trump thinks about them? Keep them out too. Enforcement is under siege, according to him. And he wants to empower them with more authority. More. He has, he, he has pardoned murderers. Murderer after murderer that uh, accused murderers who fought in the military and went too far. And you know that the military doesn't always, you know, stand up to the crimes that they've committed. But these people were prosecuted for serious crimes, murders, and he pardoned them, every single one. What does that say? That is a Nazi to the core. That's Hitler. That was the way Adolf Hitler behaved. Having no concern for the families of these people who were destroyed forever. Giving these people back their rank and their job and their money and, and, and making them look as if they're heroes in the eyes of the people when in fact they're no better than the common criminal. So on and on. He strikes this emotional war drum, political speak, leading people into emotional clashes, sometimes with violent and even deadly endings. And this is the people we want to, this is the person we want to elect. This is the person that we want to represent us in front of the world. This is the person that we're giving nuclear codes and nuclear authority. This is the person who was accused of, of rape by over 22 different women not prostitutes. This is the person that people are hand, have handed the country to and have not looked back just to check if he's doing the right thing. Hence, governing by tweet is okay. By using social media to appear normal and to appear accessible or to appear that he's in touch with our issues, like as if he reads our tweets, he has a pro he has a powerful and immediate way to reach the people not only the public but also but also uh, people that would normally not even listen to political speeches he uses facebook and twitter and instagram and, and snapchat all 
by using his aids. He doesn't sit, you can imagine, he doesn't sit there all day on his Snapchat or his Twitter. These are people he pays to do that and to put comments like that. He throws out comments like this, okay? And people suck it up. Everybody's sucking it up as if he's sitting there really, literally making all these statements and all speech and foul dialogue appealing to the lower attitude of political discourse, cursing, bad mouth, um, being unsympathetic, unsympathetic, embarrassing, you know, our country and world leaders. So the answer to the question regarding the state of our economy is predictably simple. The major economic indicators are good. This is true. However, these trends are not due to Trump but rather to long-term developments and the overall change of the U.S. economy due to several important developments in the last decade. Some of these developments include mining the Midwest for oil, lessening reliance on foreign oil supplies, as in fracking, developing more offshore deep water fields, technological developments associated with in internet and providing services and accessibility to more consumers, space exploration, satellite communication technology, regional trade agreements between Canada, Mexico, Central and South America have all assisted our economy in, in growing uh, the, the development and export of arms and defense systems. It's a great part of our, huge part of our economy, and it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Advances in farming, food processing systems uh, have also been things that have helped push our economy in a way that other economies simply just don't perform. And, uh, you know, 80% of our economy is, is service sector-based, while the other is industry-based, okay? So we're a huge service economy, and... Um, it's an amazing thing to watch the United States and to be part of this this system. But it's very, very sad to see a person like Donald Trump who abuses it and takes credit for the work of others. Okay, so these are just a few indicators. This is not hardly an exhaustive count, okay? Um, this is not, a hard, not an exhaustive study with conclusive, you know. This is uh, just one man's effort to highlight some very serious concerns that I hope my friends and my relatives and my, and my, my social media buddies will look at and consider and not vote for this guy. Do not support his policies. Do not promote his ideas. This guy is a Nazi if there ever was one. He's a Hitler if there ever was one. He is destructive to our country and to his own self. And he has uh, done a great deal of damage that maybe won't be able to be undone. So let us uh, really rethink our support for this man and look at some other um, some options. You know, what we have with Donald Trump, we know. We know what we're going to get for the next four years if he gets reelected. But what we don't know is what some of the other candidates in the field may bring. Let us have a little bit more of an open mind and reach out to, to, to a different way of governing. The bottom line... <coughs> the bottom line is that every time he says this, he makes these statements that the economy is great because of him, that unemployment is great because of him, that he is a great leader, and, and he's, you know... Etc. Etc. Every time he glorifies himself, and the Republicans sit and go right along with it, and others sit and go along with it, 
this just increases the chance that he's going to make a huge mistake, a huge misjudgment and error, and he already has. He's now being uh, impeached. So this 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 concept that he's gonna be okay and it's all gonna work out is just false. It's not. He's not gonna be okay. It's not gonna work out. And for and and we need to accept this and start trying to move past this man. Let Mike Pence step up, do a great job. I'm sure he'll do a great job. He's a great, very capable politician. And uh, go on with life because right now he is really digging into the soft, the soft underbelly of our country and making our country a very uncomfortable place to live in for many, many people. All right. So the bottom line is that every time he says, makes these statements, his supporters say that he's, that they want to credit him for the state of the U.S. economy. And is This is a patently false misrepresentation of the facts. It's almost like a person taking credit for the weather, all right? Sunny day comes, beautiful outside, and like, yeah, if it wasn't because I'm your president, it's a sunny day. It's a great, beautiful day because of me. And in fact, you know, the opposite actually is probably true. That our economy would actually be doing better if not for the trade barriers and obstacles of the Trump administration. The trade barriers and obstacles to free trade, such as tariffs and sanctions against our trade partners and domestic interest in farming, industry, and services like this, all these taxing of these industries has had a huge impact and put a lot of people out of business. There's thousands of farmers out of business due to this trade war, with many simply going out of, with many simply giving up, pulling up stakes, going somewhere finding a life in an urban city where they may actually find themselves on skip row one day finally the proof is in the pudding instead of degrading inner city mayors and the populations that live in them about how they should clean their cities up you know he could in- introduce significant le- legislation that would you know take these persons off the streets that would provide more money to hud and to federal programs that that build housing for people. He could do those things, actually. So he really needs to know that every tent that is in America is his responsibility to fix. How about that? That's his responsibility to fix. It's on his watch. They're they're sleeping in these tents while he's sleeping in a nice warm bed and not doing anything about it. He, he could, you know, at the minimum, he could at least commission a study to develop and make recommendations for helping the problem. And I challenge him, I challenge him openly to commission a study to develop and make recommendations for helping this problem of homelessness throughout the American, uh, our American cities. In effect, essentially, Mr. Trump picks and chooses his good causes, acting more as a self-promoting carnival barker and less like the president of a multicultural, multi-peopled country needing open, self-checking, responsible government to face the huge task of making America a much, much better place in the near future. At the end of the day, tell the people living in the tents and small pockets throughout your community, you know, tell them that it's a great economy and that unemployment is great 
And so they shouldn't be out there because of this. Tell the social worker who has to deny benefits due to a lack of funding. Tell her it's a great economy. Or the child reusing old test books and unable to pay for breakfast and lunch and hungry throughout the day, maybe even tempted to steal food. Tell him that the economy is great. And really, it's just there's something wrong with him, not the system. Tell the cancer patient who was kicked out of the hospital told that they're not covered by a certain type of treatment. Tell them that we have a great uh, Medicare system and a great economy. Tell the expecting mother who's, who can't stop working to be a mom and who stands up all day long working as a nurse or as a teacher, making a low, unchanging, making low, unchanging wages, only able to increase the amount of hours but not the actual amount of income. Few of these people and many others like them would agree that they have anyhow taken part in Trump's great economy. I'm Jerome Larry Carr, signing off once again with Critical Mass.